But let's read the first 11 verses in uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, and then we'll have a word of prayer and begin, all right? The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there was very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring you, bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and I was, as I was commanded, and uh, as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews of, uh, and uh, the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, and there was no breath, uh, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, prophesy unto them, uh, unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that I, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the, and the breath came into, into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then said he unto the, unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Let's bow our heads tonight for a word of prayer before we begin. Father in heaven tonight, Lord, I love you and I thank you, Lord, for the privilege again and the opportunity to stand uh, in this pulpit and in this place before these people. And Lord, uh, my heart's desire and prayer is tonight that the word of God, uh, you would use me to be a help and a blessing or an encouragement from your word tonight, that you would educate us, that you would empower us, that you would uh, encourage us as the people of God as never before. Do for us, Lord, that which we cannot do for ourselves, that we may leave here tonight and say it was good to be in the house of God, and thank you for loving us and, and, and working in us and through us, that others might come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I'll be careful to thank you and give you the praise and the honor and the glory, because we ask it all tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I would like to preach to you a little while out of this passage of Scripture here in Ezekiel 37. It's a, it's a familiar text. I know you've heard uh, other, there's been preaching about it many, many times over and over uh, in this text. And verse 11, I think, makes it very clear um, that this valley of dry bones has to do with the restoration of Israel, uh, that God is bringing them uh, back together and back to life. But I not so much want to speak to you tonight and draw your attention uh, to the bones so much, but I want to talk to you out of verse 1 and 2 for a little bit, where the Bible does not so, talk so much about these bones, but rather about this valley that Ezekiel is in. Now, notice with me, the Bible said in verse 1, the, by, uh, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley full of bones. 
Now, I would like for you to notice that phrase that he set me down in the midst of the valley. I would like to preach to you a little bit or talk to you along that thought tonight. When God sets you down in a valley, when God sets you down in a valley, I'm not sure about uh, about you, but every one of us that have been saved for any length of time can identify both with the mountaintops in life as well as the valleys. And I'm glad that I can say to you tonight that the God on the mountain is still God in the valley. I'm glad that I can say that to you tonight. When things go wrong, uh, he, He knows how to make them right. And sometimes we go through valleys, and it's because many times, more times than I would care to admit, uh, of our, we're in a valley because of our own doings. We're in valleys and places because of our own decisions that we've made in life. And there and there are times when it seems that we're, we're going along and we're serving God and trying to do the best that we can and, and, and to live for God and do what's right. And it seems like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, that we just end up ourselves in some kind of a valley. And sometimes God Himself for some reason or another that we may not know of at that particular time, God Himself has to put us in a low place that we absolutely have no control over. We don't know. Uh, uh, we didn't ask to be there. Uh, Ezekiel didn't ask to be here. But whatever the reason was, God's own plan and God's own purpose, He saw fit uh, to put Ezekiel there, and He sees fit sometimes and has put us in the past in a valley, in a place that we had no control over. When I think about this valley, if you'll look again with me in verse number 1, I'd like to give you several several little thoughts here. I want to suggest to you it was a deep valley. I, I, verse 1 says, He set me down in the midst of the valley. Now, I don't know how deep that valley was. I know it was big enough that God picked up Ezekiel and put him down in that valley, and I know that that was a, that was a vision, but God put him where he wanted him to be, and I'm suggesting to you tonight, it's a deep valley. And listen, there are some deep valleys that you and I have to walk and have walked and, uh, through this life. Not only is it, is it a deep valley, but I want you to notice it's a dead valley. Amen? Verse 1 said, the latter part of that verse said, it was full of bones. There's no life in this valley. It's, it's just, it's just dead. Everywhere that you look, everywhere that is, it's dead like a lot of churches. I mean, I praise God for your church and your pastor and what you're doing for missions and, and all of those things. This is not a dead church by any means, but, but there's a lot of them out there and they're closing, uh, at, at rampart speeds tonight across the country. But sometimes, listen, in our Christian life, we're serving God. There are times uh, of plenty. There are times of blessing. And uh, there are ti- those times w- when there's dead times. Well, I mean, uh, you've been there and I've been there. Just, I mean, God, what's going on? It just doesn't seem to be like anything's happening. Verse number, you know, there uh, it's, it was a dead valley. Verse number two, then notice, it was a desolate valley. There were, they said there were, there were uh, many in the open valley. This valley's desolate. Folks, Ezekiel, God puts him in this valley, and there's nothing but bones. He can see from one end of that valley to the to the other, and he he doesn't see any life. He doesn't see any flowers blooming. He doesn't see any beautiful landscape. He from one end of the uh, of that valley to the other, as far as he can see, there's nothing but dead bones. 
And, and, and it's a desolate valley. There's nobody in that valley. Amen? Nobody in that valley but Ezekiel and God. And have you ever been in a valley like that? I mean, where it seemed that it was just you and God. Lord, uh, uh, no, nothing seems to be going right. Nothing seems to be working. And uh, God is just you and I. It seems that I'm all alone. And sometimes you were even, like like uh, Job said, uh, oh, oh, that I would, that I might find God, that I might knew where I was at, that I might know where He was. Sometimes you're wondering where God's at in that valley with you. It's a desolate way. It's a dead way. And then notice again in verse number 2, the last part of that, he says, lo, they were very dry. It's a dry valley. Can I, can I, I can talk to you about some dry valleys. Can, can you? Some dry valleys. There have been some times in ministry. There's been times in Christian life. There's been times in serving God that it seemed like you were just going through, uh, the mundane, the mundane things or the mechanics of service. And it was just trying to get along. You was trying to get through all that and live the Christian life and do the best you could. And it just seems that everything was, was dead and everything was dry. And you don't know, uh, uh, uh you know that we don't think like God does. And, and but uh, think then I, I don't want to think about God putting me in a place like that. But you'll notice in verse 1, look at this, and you can shout in just a minute. He said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Whoa. Whoa. I'm in, a de- I'm in a desolate valley. I'm in a dead valley. I'm in a dry valley. I'm telling you what. But he said, listen, and in spite of all of that, in verse 1, he said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And it says that he carried me in the spirit of the Lord. And a dead valley, a desolate valley, and a dry valley. But I want to suggest to you tonight, in all of those times and those valley experiences, it's a divine valley. The Spirit, He said this, God's hand was on me. He said it was God that picked me up and brought me out there and put me in this valley. And God's hand was as much on, on Ezekiel in verse number 1 as He was with him in the valley that he, as He ever was. Ezekiel could see nothing but bones. Everything's dead. Everything's desolate. Everything's dry. But God's hand was on him. Amen? God's hand was... Can I tell you sometimes there are, there are, there are times uh, that God will put you and I in some places. Listen to me. In some low places. But thank God it doesn't mean that His hand is not on you or the hand of God is not with you. God set him in this valley. Can I tell you something about valleys tonight? Let me tell you a couple of things about a valley. God is aware of your valley. The same God that lives on the mountaintop is the same God that lives in the valley. And I'm telling you tonight that God that built the valley, He built the valley just the same as He built the mountaintops. And God is aware of the valley that you and I are in sometimes, that we go through. You, we, we, we say, God, you know, I, we, we, God, you don't know. We, I mean, I, I, you don't know where I'm at. You don't even know what's going on. You wonder why, why you're there. But can I tell you something? God's aware of your valley. I'll tell you something else. Secondly, He's not afraid of your valley. I confess to you tonight, I, I don't like valleys. I do not go looking for a valley. To, to, to walk through and to walk in and sing gloom, despair, and agony on me. I don't go hunting for a valley. 
I like being up on the mountainside. I like to be up on the, on the mountain and looking out over the valleys and the mountaintops and, and seeing for, for a long distance and, and, and I want to be where God is. I want to, I want to see Jesus in all of His glory. And I like to go to the church where there's, uh, somebody say amen and somebody shout a little bit. And as a matter of fact, I get nervous when it's not that way. Uh, I mean, uh, <coughs> I, you're going to have a hard time in heaven, amen? It, it's all right to shout or say amen or praise the Lord. Uh, it's all right to lift your hand, the holy hands, uh, uh, to the God of heaven. And, and, I, I, and I like that, amen? And I, like I said, I get nervous when I, when I don't hear that or, or, or see that sometimes. But I think about this valley. And the older I get, the older we get and going down the life's, life's trail... We think about the valleys that you and I might be faced with. I I just had a checkup, amen. My blood pressure was up a little bit. He put me on a little tablet and, and seems to be running along all right. Uh, <clears throat> my sugar was too high, but that was from too much ice cream at night, amen. And and uh, it was too high, and so I, I, I got to work on that and not eat so much bread and potatoes and gravy and, and biscuits, amen. Boy, I, I, I probably died, but, uh, you know, I don't... But I'm like Brother Homer. He said, I, I, I knew I was getting sweeter and sweeter, but I didn't know I was going to turn to sugar before it died. Amen? And uh, a reminder this, that God's not afraid of your valley. Do you know why? Why isn't God afraid of the valley that you're in? Because He's the shepherd of that valley. Patty sings a song from the shepherd's point of view, if you've ever heard it, high upon the mountain. And aren't you, I mean, listen, His His presence lives in that valley. God's not afraid of that valley. He's aware of that, and He's, and he's not afraid of it. But let me tell you something else. He will not abandon you in that valley. I'm glad that He said, my presence will go before you. I'm glad that He will not leave us nor forsake us. I'm glad that He said He would go with us even unto the end of the world. I'm glad that we have a promise that He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, uh, and uh, uh, for Thou art with me. And I'm saying tonight that God will not abandon you in your valley. You might be here tonight and you say, Preacher, I'm in a valley. Praise God. If you're saved, God's in it with you. Amen? Praise God. He was there before you got there. And Ezekiel's in this valley, in this text, and I think about it, and in this valley, Ezekiel's that he's in, there are some valley experiences that you and I are going to have in life. This valley that Ezekiel's in, I thought, I thought if Ezekiel could testify and he, if he could give us something to testify and give us something, uh, some insider wisdom about uh, about this valley, what would he say to us? What would he tell us? Well, I think he would say something like this. He'd say, you don't see much in a valley. You don't see much in the valley. Verse number one, he said he, all, all he sees, listen, all he sees is, is bones. He sees the bones. In verse two, he said there was very many in the open valley and they were very dry. And there's only one thing that, that Ezekiel's, that, that's on his mind in this valley. It's a, it's a valley that's full of bones. Hey. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you know that sometimes when you and I get in the valley, that all that you see is just that one thing? Now listen to me. 
All you see is that God sees the big picture. Amen? He's up here in heaven. He sees the beginning. He sees the end. He sees what we're going through. And as we're going down the, the road of life, the valleys, the rivers, the mountaintops, and He sees all of that on that. But we get, we get in that low place. We get in that valley like Ezekiel did, and we can't see over the next hilltop. And Ezekiel didn't know what was around the corner, and all he sees is just a valley that's full of dead bones. Can I tell you tonight that I've been in the valley, in, in valleys in my life, and all I could see and it was that one thing that was hindering in my life, that one thing, that one obstacle, that one problem, that one trial, that one, uh, uh, that trouble, that one difficulty that was staring me in the face. And that's all I could see. Ezekiel's in this valley and all he sees is a, a valley full of, full of dead bones. You can't see much in the valley. But could I tell you that according to verse number three, you don't know much in the valley. God asked Ezekiel the question, and 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 Brother Kishik, it wasn't a hard question. I, I mean, surely he 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 would have had come up with some kind of an answer, or at least would have tried. And God God said, "Can, can these bones live?" Ezekiel said, "God, I God, I don't know. You don't know much sometimes when you're in a valley." You've been there. I've been there. You don't have all the answers and whatever it is that's going on that you're facing. You don't know the outcome and you don't know the things that's happening and you can't see the beginning from the end when you're in that valley. And I think you could say according to verse 4 and 5, listen, you can't do much in the valley. You see, folks, God set him in a place. God, God set him in a place where there's nothing he can do about the situation. He can't fix it. He can't put bones together. He can't put sinew and flesh and breath in, uh, in, in them. He's in this valley that's deep and dark and dry and desolate, and there's absolutely nothing that he can do about it. Hey, there's some times like that in our lives. We get that way. Ezekiel was in this valley and the big question to God, God set you in the valley and the big question comes uh, to our mind uh, is, is what, what to do when you're in that valley? When God sets you in that valley, what are you going to do? I believe you hold in your lap tonight or in your hands tonight an instruction book that God can help you with those answers. God's still got some promises, amen? amen? We'll have times on the mountain and we'll have times in the valley, but God has given us a book of instructions. Look again at verse 1, The hand of the Lord was upon me and sent me down in the midst. And verse 2, He caused, he caused me to pass by round about them. Do you, do you know what I think Ezekiel's doing? He's walking. He's in this valley. He's walking. He wore out a pair of Florsheim shoes walking in the valley. Now, it said, the Bible says that he caused, he caused me to pass by round about them. God sets Ezekiel in this valley 
Ezekiel looks from one end to the other. And, and there's death. I mean, he, nothing but bones as far as he can see. Death is on every corner. There's no life. There's no companionship. There's no fellowship. There's nothing in there in that valley. Nothing but death. But you know what he's doing? You know what, what God is doing? He said God caused him to walk round about. I believe he's walking in that valley. He's walking up this side and down this side and around over here and up there. And God put Ezekiel in a place where all he could do is kind of just walk in circles maybe. Goes up this side, turns around, comes back. Now, I'm not sure if that helps you tonight or not, but it makes me feel good in the sense that because there have been some times in my life when it seems like that all I was doing was just running in circles. Then times when it seemed like you was in that rocking chair, there's a lot, lot of motion but no progress. You know, you're not going anywhere, amen? I felt like I wasn't doing anything but, God, but chasing my tail and I wasn't going nowhere. But yet, can I tell you something today? I'm glad that whatever valley you're in tonight... It may seem that the only thing that you're able to do is to walk, but that's the only thing that you're supposed to do. Do you know what you do when you get in low places? You keep reading that Bible in the valley. You keep on praying. And when it seems like those prayers aren't going any higher than the ceiling, uh, you, you go ahead and pray anyway. And when you read page after page after page and chapter after chapter, I know none of you have ever been there at that place, but I'll confess me tonight. There's times, preacher, that I've read along and gonna, and I've, and I've said, I, I, I'm not getting nothing. I'm not understanding this. I'm not, I'm not, it, it doesn't seem to be soaking in. I'm not getting anything. You read page after page and chapter after chapter and you hear no voice from God. Just read on anyway. Just preach on anyway. Just sing on anyway. You go to Sunday school when you don't feel like it, going to Sunday school. You go to church when you don't feel like going to church. But you go ahead, you give out tracts when you don't feel like giving them out. You, you're walking in your valley. You say, preacher, I'm not going nowhere. I, listen, you're, if you're going in circles with God, that's better than you going anywhere in the world with the flesh and the devil. And, the, and this world and what it has to offer you. I'm not going anywhere. Just keep on walking in that valley. Just stay with it today. Just keep on keeping on. Just hold the same row. Just stick to the stuff. And walk in the valley that God has put you in for this purpose, for this particular time for right now. If God puts you there, it'll be okay. Oh, but preacher, he's just he's just going the same place. I know that. And God knows that. Do you know that I what I found out about walking in your valley? Even if you're if you're if you're walking along and you're walking in circles, and you, you know what I found out? No, nobody woke up this morning and rolled out of bed and said, "Bless God, I'm going to walk five miles today." No, I didn't. You, you was glad for the extra hour of sleep, and you weren't going nowhere. Our flesh don't like that, but. The, the doctor will tell you, the cardiovascular man will tell you that walking's good for you. Amen? Walking's good for you. Lowers your blood pressure. Walking is good for you. It helps your sugar. Walking is good for you to help build your muscles. Walking is good for you. You can lose weight. Walking is just a good thing to do. 
Running's hard on your knees. Running's hard on your ankles. Running's hard on my flat feet. My three-year-old granddaughter, come on, Papa, and we want to, she wanted to run through the yard. Papa said, nay, nay, you have to wait on me. Papa not running like he used to, amen? But when we walk, it's one of the healthiest things that we can do. You may not get there as fast as running, but it's good for you. And there'll come a time in our life when you, you can't run no more. I can't run no more. As fast or as long. Doesn't Isaiah say something? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm here to suggest to you tonight, just keep on walking with God. You say, preacher, I'm in a valley. That's all right. Just walk. That's what you do in the valley. You just keep on walking. And there are times, church, in our lives when all we can do is keep on walking with God. Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. And I'm, I'd say walking is a pretty good thing. The Bible doesn't say run in the Spirit. The Bible says walk in the Spirit. It's just daily consistent process. Day after day after day. And Ezekiel walked in his valley. Then look at verse 3. He was, he, there was wonder in his valley. Some people seem to be so spiritual that they never wander or have any struggles. They're just, you know, they're, they're super duper people and have no, no heartaches or troubles or struggles, but that's, that's not me tonight. You're, you're looking at somebody tonight that, that, that struggles. I, 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 that's not, I'm just telling you that I do. And if we'd be honest, we all do. And I get in the valley, I'd like to know sometimes, well, God, why'd you put me here? Why, why did this happen? I, I don't have the answers. I don't have the solutions. I don't, I don't understand all of this and what's going on. And God said to Ezekiel, and, uh, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, God, I, God, I don't know. I mean, I'm, God, Ezekiel says, God, I'm wondering what I'm doing here. I, I'm wondering what I'm doing in this valley. God, why, why did you put me in this valley? I, I, I've, have you ever been in that place with your life and you're wondering, listen, I mean, what in the world is God doing? How is this going to, how is this all going to end up? You wondered, why, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is this going on? How, I, God, I'm looking for some answers and we, we want that microwave, I, you know, Brother Homer used to say, Lord, give me patience and hurry up about it. We want to push a couple of buttons like the microwave and have the water hot and the tea or the coffee ready, ready to go. God don't work on, on your time frame and mine. It's just, but is there anything wrong with wondering? No. It's our nature to wonder. Our nature is to want to know what lies ahead. I sang that song. I don't know about tomorrow. What's going on in this world? And listen, you and I may not even wake up tomorrow morning, but we don't know that. But until then, my heart's going to go on singing. Until then, with joy, I'll carry on. Until the day my eyes behold that city. Until the day God calls me home. Going to stay at it. What's the solution? But sometimes, listen, God doesn't, God doesn't tell you the solution. 
He's wandering. Ezekiel's wandering in this valley. He's walking in this valley. And God doesn't always have to give you an explanation. You're to live by faith and trust Him and walk by faith. And you're to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways, whether it's on the mountaintop or the valley, in all my ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. God doesn't have to roll out the answer. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, He's still God. He's on the throne. He does all things well. And He maketh no mistakes. But sometimes when you or I are in that valley, we wonder, don't we? I mean, we wonder, don't we? So He's walking in this valley. He's wondering in this valley. Look at verse number 4. I'd like to say that He's watching. He said unto me, at least, listen, verse number 4, the first word, again. Again. What's it say? It's like the word of the Lord coming to Jonah the second time. At least God's still speaking to him. Amen. He's in this valley and he's watching, he's, he's walking and he's wondering. And verse four says, again. He said unto me, and by the way, when you get in that valley, listen, it's, it's always good when God wants to talk to you. Sometimes you woke up at the midnight hour or three o'clock in the morning. And as if you had 10 hours of sleep and you're as wide awake and you're thinking, Lord, well, I, I, I close your eyes. Somebody said, it's in your mind. I said, I know it's my eyes. I, I close them, but they won't. And you're as awake as, awake as awake as you'll ever be. And God may lay a missionary on your heart or something, something for you to be praying about and looking for. Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and saying to them, oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5, look at there. Behold, I will. You're writing your Bible? Put brackets around that. Behold, I will cause breath to enter in, into you and you shall live. Verse 6, I will lay sinews upon you and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Look, look at me just a minute. Ezekiel didn't have to do anything. Ezekiel didn't have to do anything. God didn't bring him to this valley for him to do anything. Preacher, I'm in a valley and I can't fix it. That's good. When you and I can't fix our problem, God's saying, Ezekiel, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sit back pull up a stump, sit on the log, and watch what I'm going to do. How about your valley? It's not, a, it's not about Ezekiel in, in, in this valley. It's not about the preacher. And listen, it would help us to get over ourselves sometimes, and everything that needs to happen in life is not about us. God didn't bring bring Ezekiel for him to do anything. God wanted to do something for him, and he wants to do something for you. He wants to do something for your church. He wants to do something in your ministry. It wasn't about Ezekiel. It was about God wanting to do something for him. Ezekiel, watch what I'm going to do. I'm about to put sinews upon them. I'm about to bring those bones together. I'm about to put life back into them. Now, why would God do that? 
God, well, God, why would you do such a thing? The last part of that verse, he said, that you may know that I'm the Lord. Yeah. It's good to remember. I, 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 I preached the other week. Uh, remember the old song, Remind Me, Dear Lord. I don't think we ought to live in the past, but I think it does good to remember where, where we came from and where God brought us from and what, God, what God's done for you and for me and watched over you and protected you and took care of you and all that. And the songwriter said, Remind me, dear Lord. Brother Richard, you remember that song? Roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remember, I'm human and humans forget. So remind me. Remind me, dear Lord. And God needs to remind us of some things, and that's another whole whole message. But listen, valleys are not to weaken us. Valleys are to strengthen us and to give us a clear view of who the Lord really is, that He's our Lord, He's our Savior, He's our God. And He's wandering in this valley, and He's watching in this valley. And I see Him there in verses 1 through 6. He's, he's waiting in this valley, and God tells Him what He's, God tells Him what He's going to do. And, and now all Ezekiel has to do is sit back and wait. Sometimes it's, it's hard to wait, isn't it? Get behind the grocery line, and they've got a basket full of groceries, and She's, she's got a coupon here and a discount here and this over there. And, and I, I, I've got to wait. I, 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 waiting's hard. He's waiting in this valley and Ezekiel, all he has to do is sit back and wait. And sometimes in life, it's, that's the hardest thing to do because we want... God, I, I need some answers and I need them right now. And there are times when God does answer and God does meet that, answer that prayer. And God is going to make every, every one of us wait at some time or another. The old song said, good things come to those who wait. I don't know that that's scriptural, but it's a, it's, it's a good saying. We've, we've waited. It's a very true saying. I don't know. It's not biblical, but it's a true saying. Sometimes the longer we wait for something, God will bring good things into our lives that we maybe would not have seen. David said, I waited patiently on the Lord. and He inclined his ear unto me and heard my cry. I'm saying, church, many times in this Christian life, we want God to hurry up and do something and hurry up and fix things. And Ezekiel said, you know, I'd love to get out of this valley. There's nothing here. There's nothing inviting. There's nothing encouraging him. And I'd like to get out of this mess that I'm in. And he has to stay there for, he stay there until God is finished with what he wants him to do. So he's there. And he's, and there's only one thing that he can do. He's going to wait on God. Preacher tonight, I'm in a valley. You don't know me and I don't you. Just wait on him. Walk with him. Watch with him. I'm looking on, preacher. What, what's he doing in this valley? He's, listen, verse 7, he's worshiping. He said, I prophesied, and as I was commanded, verse 7, verse 10 said, I prophesied as he, as he commanded me. Do you know what that is? That's preaching. 
He takes Ezekiel and he sets him in this valley and there's no one there but the bo- but bones from one end to the other. There's no encouragement. There's, listen, there's nobody there. No, give you no pat on the back. No encouragement. No kind words. Appreciate all you've done. And the Lord says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to preach to these bones. Now, can you imagine that? <laughs> I, I, I can't. Can you imagine if God would set you down in a, village, in a valley full of bones and said, now I want you to go ahead and preach to these folks? And, and you're thinking, God, this, this must be some kind of a joke. Now, there's a lot of preachers that do that on every Sunday morning in a lot of places. You know, they preach to a bunch of dead folks. But anyway, he's preaching to dry bones, dead bones. I, and he said, I want you to preach to these bones. And Ezekiel would get out there and listen, regardless of what you think, uh, uh, preaching's a hard task. If you're not, if you're not a preacher, you, you, you should thank God for it. It's, 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 it's hard to preach to dead people. Ezekiel preached to these bones and he said, I prophesied, listen, as I was commanded. God just said, do it. I don't understand. I don't know the reason why. I don't, you don't have to. God said, just do it. He didn't preach because he, because he felt like it. He didn't preach because he was going to get a love offering. He didn't preach because it was a large crowd that somebody was going to walk the aisle and get saved and he's going to baptize new converts. He, he preached because God told him to preach. And that's the best reason in all the world to do it. We are to preach because God told us to. We're commanded to, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preaching is worship. And Ezekiel didn't have a congregation. Uh, he was, he was, a, it was in a pretty dark place there. And Ezekiel had a word from God. And if a preacher has a word from God, like your preacher does on Sunday morning and Sunday nights, and he has a word from God out of, out of the book of God to give to the people of God in the house of God, listen, you've got something to be thankful for. So Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was commanded. Sometimes the preacher will come and, you know, not, maybe not here, but you look over the crowd and look over the situation and look over the valley and, or, and what's going on. And God said, you know, why don't you go ahead and preach to these people? Verse 7, so I prophesied, as I prophesied, there was a noise. That's somebody saying amen. That's somebody saying glory to God, amen. That's somebody saying hallelujah. That's wonderful. I, I mean, and, and so I, I like that. And he's preaching to some dead, dry bones, and here comes a noise. Something's happening. Preaching will do that. Preaching will do that. Old time, old time Bible preaching of the Word of God will bring some, some, some noise. It'll bring some shaking. It'll bring some things coming together. You know what preaching will do? Preaching will do? It'll bring people together. You say, I don't like them people. Listen, you, you sit under some preaching long enough, it'll, it'll bring you together. It'll divide some things, it'll separate some things, but it'll also bring some things together in a spirit of unity for the cause of Christ and the, and the common goal of reaching men and women for Christ. And as he was preaching, the Bible says there was a noise and a shaking and the preaching uh, there got the job done and Ezekiel's preaching and he's worshiping and the more that he preached, the more there's more noise and more shaking and, and, he, and he felt, listen, he's worshiping in this valley. He's walking in this valley. He's wandering in this valley. And I'm, he, he's waiting in this valley. He's watching. You better worship God in your valley. You think about that for a moment. 
Some of the sweetest times that you've ever known this side of heaven would have been valley experiences in your life. You know what makes what makes church wonderful or what makes church wonderful is that we've been through some valleys. And if all of our lives were spent on the mountaintops, we wouldn't, the songwriter said, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. He's the shepherd of our valley and we understand that almighty, uh, we understand and magnify God because we've been there and we know that the promises of God are real and the word of God is true and that God is real and he's worthy to be praised. I'm saying God puts you in a valley sometimes just to worship him. That God, all the glory and the honor and the praise belongs to you. That you and I have come to the place in our life, like the songwriter said, in my hands no price I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Why? Because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, and I'll dare not trust a sweeter frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. David said in Psalms 138, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, Thou wilt revive me. You've walked in some valleys. You've walked in some trouble. He said, Thou wilt revive. He's worshiping in this valley. And I'll give you this and I'll quit. Verse 9 and 10. What about when God sets you in a valley? Notice there's wind in this valley in verse 9 and 10. You can read those verses. Ezekiel's in this valley and God said, okay, there's one more message and that you have, that I have for you and I want you to preach one more time. Now he preached to those bones and now the, he, he's going to preach to the wind and I'm sure that he probably felt a little bit more like preaching the second time than he did the first time. Uh, and because he had already seen God work and move and, and, and that first message in verse 10, he, he said, I prophesied to the wind and I, as I was commanded. Ah, listen. Praise the Lord today, tonight. It's always, it's always good when the wind blows. <laughs> it's always good when the Holy Spirit of God nudges your heart and mine. Let the wind blow in your valley. God lets the wind blow in your valley. There's been times in your valley when you said, preacher, this valley that I'm, that I'm in, it's been awful dry, been awful desolate, been awful discouraging. And I don't know what God's going to do, but I went to church anyhow. And I sang anyway. And I read my Bible anyway. And it wasn't me and it wasn't because of me, but in spite of me and out of nowhere. It seemed like the wind started blowing. It's always a good day when the wind blows in your valley. I'm suggesting to you tonight that you're in a valley. Listen, hold on a little bit longer. Sing a little bit louder. Pray a little bit more. Somewhere, sometime, the wind is going to blow in your valley. And it's a good day when the wind blows. It's refreshing. When you can feel that wind in those times in our lives when it seems that that we've 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 gone for days and we're spiritually numb like god turned off the 
the power in your life and mine. But it's a good day when you step out and you feel the wind blowing. You remember that verse in John chapter 6 where he said, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. Canst not tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth. You never know when the wind's going to blow in your valley. The wind blows somewhere on earth every day on earth. The wind blows somewhere. But we take it for granted. Until you're out in the yard, you're out in the garden, you're working on the lawnmower or something, and you're hot, and it's dry, and it's sweaty, and you're thirsty, and you'll be working out there and sweating and dry, and it seems out of nowhere, a cool, gentle breeze comes through, and how refreshing and how wonderful it is to remind us And it gets our attention. And I'm glad that there's still some wind that's available in your valley tonight. You can still go to church with your head down low. The psalmist said, he's the lifter up of my head. Lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. And I'm glad when the wind blows in our valley. Something about that valley there that God goes in this valley with nothing but a preacher. But he comes out with an army. The presence of God goes in this valley. God brings a preacher into that valley. And that, that may not mean a lot to you or to me, but it means, it meant a lot to those bones. I don't know how long they'd been there. I don't know how many years they'd been there. They just said they was dry and they was dead and, and, and dry and desolate. I don't know how, but if those bones could testify, listen to me, I believe they would say, thank God for the day that God sent a preacher into my valley. God sent a missionary by my valley. God sent an evangelist by my valley. And thank God that he was willing to preach what God laid on his heart and your preacher does that week after week and preaches to you what God gives him to share with you and you think when I was dead and dry and desolate and thought that there was no hope at all, God sent a preacher to my valley and God used him and the breath and the wind of God came into my valley and brought life back into my soul. There have been times that had it not been for a preacher, had it not been for God's presence, the wind of the valley, that wind of the Holy Spirit of God blowing in that service, there's no telling where you and I might be tonight. But everything that God brought into this valley, He took out. God never leaves anything in the valley. Well, I'm in a valley, preacher. Well, I guess, guess what? I said, if, if, if God brought you into it, He'll bring you out of it. Amen. God came into a valley that was dead. He took everything else out of it that, with Him. And God doesn't leave anything or anybody behind. You say, well, it's been too long. No, it hasn't been. No matter how dead, no how desperate, no, God will not leave you in a valley. He 
can and will bring you out. I don't know, church, where you are tonight in life. That's not my place to know that, but I do know that the God on the mountain is still God on the valley, and He wants to do for us all that we will let Him do and allow Him to do in our hearts and lives.